are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, football fans? It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. It is crossover Thursday here, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Jets, Kyle Krabs, John Butchko. We are here to talk about this clash of AFC East rivals. Uh, this script for both of these teams has been a little bit of a roller coaster this season, but there's certainly valuation opportunities for both teams to be had here uh, as the Dolphins and the Jets get ready to wrap the regular season. There are some playoff implications, but no teams controlling their own destiny in this matchup. So, John, you know, we last did this, what was it, week five was the first time we met up with one another, and a little bit has changed for both of these teams since that point in time. How uh, how are you doing, first of all? And, and you know, when you think about week 18 and wrapping this season up for the Jets, uh, what's, what's the thing that's top of mind for all the Jets fans out there? Okay, well, uh, it's great to be with you again. Uh, I'm doing great. I think I'm doing a lot better than either of these teams are right now. Uh, the Jets were officially eliminated from the playoffs last week when they lost to the Seattle Seahawks, and I don't think you can mince words. This has been a collapse at the end of the season for the New York Jets. They began this season with a 7-4 and record, and they lost five straight games. So there's a little bit of irony in it because before the start of the season, expectations were not very high for the Jets. So the... Word from the coaching staff, the word from the front office was our goal this season is to play meaningful games in the month of December. Well, obviously their focus was explicitly to play meaningful games, not to win them because they have not won a game since the month of December began. And through the course of the season, I think expectations changed when we began the season. I remember, you know, back in August, you and I were part of a show we did with Mike from Lockdown Patriots and Joe from Lockdown Bills. We did we did it like a big AFC East preview. And we I think all of us agree the Jets would probably finish last and that playoffs weren't a real expectation. But things changed when, when once we got into the season. The Jets started five and two. They got to six and three. Again they were seven and four when the month of December began. And when you reach that point, you say, you know what, maybe things are lining up for us this year. The Jets played Jets have played five backup quarterbacks through the season, and that sounds, I guess, probably it'll be number six this weekend, and they won all five of those games. This is the type of setup that doesn't present itself every single year, and you worry a little bit about whether this was an inflection point for this coaching staff and this front office. Now, as always happens when you have a losing season, people want firings. You know, People want Robert Sala gone. Some people even want the general manager, Joe Douglas, gone. I don't think that's going to happen. I think these guys clearly have this team moving in the right direction in some capacity, but I don't know. I can't tell you that these guys are going to be around after next season, and I think that they could have bought themselves a little bit of time. I think they could have built confidence if this team had finished the season stronger, and I don't think you can discuss the failures of this Jet season without talking about the quarterback position because – the Jets are clearly going to be in the market to bring in some sort of quarterback this offseason. I don't know whether it's going to be free agency. I don't know whether it's going to be through the draft. You know, Maybe it'll be one of the bigger names out there. Maybe they'll just bring in more of a stopgap kind of guy. But if you look at this, Kyle, the biggest reason the Jets are going to miss the playoffs is the quarterback position. This is a defense that's, even though it's not played well the last week or two, has been one of the best defenses in the NFL this season. You know, If you look at points per drive, you look at any number of statistics – they're right up there. 
The Jets, however, have the worst team passer rating in the league. Uh, Joe Flacco began the season with Joe Flacco, and if you look at Flacco's numbers, you know, they look impressive, but almost all the production Flacco had was in garbage time of losses, or even a game they won against Cleveland, which had garbage time itself because the Browns were in prevents, uh, protecting a two-score lead late in the fourth quarter. Mike White last weekend showed he's not the long-term answer. You know, great story, a guy who bounced between the practice squad and the active roster. I think the Jets cut him five times since they got him. Uh, a few years back to the practice squad, and he played a couple decent games for the Jets. Played one great game against the Bears. Uh, you know, played a couple decent games after that, but his limitations have really begun to show up. And he showed he's probably more of a backup than he is a starter. But of course, you know, the number one issue with the quarterback position is Zach Wilson just hasn't developed at all. And yesterday, Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson, you know, needs a mental break. He needs to step away from football. Well, you know, the Jets tried to give him a mental break at the, you know, at the, at the end of November, and it did not work at all. I mean, the other thing about that, Sal is saying he needs to step away from the game of football. Maybe he needs a mental break, but he also really needs to be on the football field working because there are lots of pretty big flaws in his game. So the Jets, you know, if you looked at preseason expectations, I think they were around, I think the, the, the odds had them around five and a half wins. They exceeded them, you know, and a lot of people did not think they'd be in playoff position at the end of the season, I think if he had asked me before the start of the season, what would be what would indicate a successful season? I probably would have told you seven wins. But sometimes the path you take to get to your destination matters just as much as the destination itself. And this has been a bad path for the Jets because, you know, they started the season strong and now they have all these questions of quarterback you did not want to have at the end of the season. Now, Kyle, it sounds like we're kind of in a similarish spot. Maybe the specifics are different, but I know the Dolphins also aren't really happy with where they're at right now. Yeah, it's it's fascinating the parallels between the two teams where the side of the ball that the head coach specializes in is considered the strength of both of these teams, right? Mike McDaniel and the offense, the defense has been a cataclysmic disaster for the Dolphins. They can't get turnovers. They're, they've lost 60% of their starting nickel secondary from the start of the season. They didn't get Byron Jones, who's an $18 million player at all this year. He was supposed to be ready to go by the beginning of the season after he had an uh, Achilles procedure in the offseason, magically disappeared for the entire year. Now Xavier Howard's not dressing. Uh, the only other game that he missed this season before last week was the first game against the Jets, and it really showed up. Um, but then there's quarterback instability. There's a five-game losing streak. There's having a young team with an opportunity late in the season to win football games, and you haven't seized that opportunity. The only difference is the Dolphins were eight and three when the Jets were seven and four. So mathematically, they haven't been eliminated yet. But like the the trend of this season has very much mirrored both of these teams against one another. It's just one of them has a defensive minded coach and one of them has an offensive minded head coach. So I think that's the really fascinating thing when when I think about this matchup and getting ready to play this game and well, both of these teams being teams that are starved for postseason success. Now, obviously, Miami had a little bit of a different factor when they had posted 10 wins in 2020 and nine wins in 2021 after starting one and seven. And you make a coaching change and then you start eight and three and they make a big trade at the trade deadline. So expectations for the Dolphins as compared to the foil of the expectations for the Jets coming into the season, I think, is the big stark difference between these two teams. Uh, but yet we find ourselves with one game left to play. 
very much in the same position. And, and you mentioned the Jets' success against backup quarterbacks. You are going to have another backup quarterback. And I, I think that is, for Miami, a really interesting storyline when you consider the last two years. And Tua Tagovailoa has been the starter the last two years, but Tua Tagovailoa has also missed significant amounts of time in each of the last two years. And it was Jacoby Brissett last year. And the one win he got was a win against the team that ended up getting the first overall pick, the Houston Texans. And the Dolphins turned the ball over four times on offense in that win in 2020. Now, if you want to give him credit for the win against the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night, just know Tua Tagovailoa came in at halftime and pulled that game out of the fire. And this year, the Dolphins have not won a game that was not started by Tua Tagovailoa. So the instability at the quarterback position, John, you talking about the Jets and the, the play of the quarterback position, the Dolphins have received good quarterback play from their early young quarter, early pick young quarterback when he's been on the field. But the instability of that position looms very large as one of the primary reasons, if the Dolphins miss the playoffs, why the team will miss the playoffs. And now you're starting to hear all of the same things. People want to fire general manager Chris Greer. People are considering, should we fire Mike McDaniel and go out and, and get Sean Payton like we were presumably interested in poking around last year. Uh, Harbaugh's magically interested in coaching in the NFL again. So like everybody's just, the fan base is just desperately searching for like, what do we got to do to get over the hump here? Right. And uh, I know that that is a, a feeling that both of these fan bases universally share as compared to Mike over at locked on Patriots who enjoyed 20 years of consistent success. And effectively you'd start the year and have a division championship and Joe over on Locked On Bills now, where that team is kind of in the pole position at the start of every year. Uh, but, uh, John, I, I do think we should at least be encouraged if we're looking at moral victories, and nobody likes moral victories, but moral victories here. Uh, both of these teams did beat the Buffalo Bills this year. So the strides that both of these teams took, I think a storyline for both of these teams as we go into this offseason is continuing to accelerate and close the gap and and – let the chips fall where they will next year. Now, of course, for Miami, we still have to figure out if they're going to play a postseason game if they win and the Patriots lose to the Buffalo Bills, which seems uh, as though the Bills will have plenty to play for in the midst of the questions about what ultimately will happen uh, with the Buffalo-Cincinnati game. Buffalo will still need to win in Week 18 against the Patriots to keep their hopes of the one seed in the AFC playoffs alive. Uh, so the Bills will have plenty to play for. So Miami's got to come into this game with that acknowledgement of if you win, you have a very likely possibility of ultimately getting into uh, the postseason. But as you said, both of these teams on five game losing streaks, somebody's got to win a football game. And we're going to talk about the matchups and who it will be here as we get ready to switch Gears, today's crossover Thursday is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that's out there from pro football to the national championship in college football, basketball, you name it. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're your fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game is starts so john let's let's talk about the matchups in this game and backup quarterbacks for both teams it seems playing what um 
What's a matchup when you think about either the Jets defense against the Dolphins offense or the Dolphins offense against the Jets defense that really stands out to you as something that could be a defining matchup in this contest? Um, I look at, I'm assuming it's going to be Skylar Thompson, Kyle. Is that, is that correct? It will be Skylar Thompson, the quarterback for the Dolphins? I, I would assume it will be Skylar Thompson. Yes, they've kind of been mum about it, but Teddy Bridgewater has not been able to participate through Thursday in practice. So safe to say, assume Skylar Thompson will play. So the Jets essentially will play Skylar Thompson twice this season in, in games against the Dolphins. And you know, I remember that that first matchup. It was a really tough spot because it's not just that they played Skylar Thompson. It's that he had to come in after the first play on offense Miami ran which meant he did not even have like the full week to prepare and work, you know, work installing the game plan. I, I just feel like that was an impossible situation. So at least, you know, this time he'll come in with a little bit, you know, more preparation, but you know, I remember that game. It was, it, it's a tough spot when you, when you're asking somebody like that to step into the lineup when they don't really have a lot of experience. And it felt to me like the Jets pass rush, not surprisingly, you know, it, it really impacted him while he was in there. So, you know, the, the first place I look at is the Jets' defensive line versus Skylar Thompson. This is a defense that does not blitz a whole lot. Uh, you know, they really depend on their front four to get home. And, you know, they've done it pretty well this season, of course, led by Quinn and Williams, who probably is going to be on an all-pro team. But you also have guys like John Franklin Myers and Carl Lawson who have shown an ability to get to the quarterback. And, you know, I think the Jets have a guy who's somewhat similar to Skylar Thompson. His name's Chris Strevler. Um, Strevler's a bit more experienced in pro football. He played in the CFL, but he, he was like the, the star of preseason for the Jets this year. He led the Jets to comeback victories in the fourth quarter in all three of their preseason games. But I think about like what it would be like if Chris Strevler had to go in and start a game. He actually played a few weeks ago with the Jets bench Zach Wilson in a Thursday night game against Jacksonville. And Strevler came in and it, it was kind of fun to watch him play, but you can see he was, you know, it, it was. Not, he's not really a guy you can expect to do big things at this point. Um, so, you know, I look at this matchup, and I think if the Jets' front four can get home and get to Skylar Thompson, I, I think it could could be a replay of what we saw in the first meeting where, you know, Thompson maybe you know, makes some mistakes. Maybe he gets a little rattled, as you'd expect somebody in his situation to uh, to be. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, I look at this, you mentioned the Dolphins secondary is beat up. Uh, so, you know, we don't know who's exactly going to be in the lineup for Miami, but Garrett Wilson's put together a tremendous rookie season. He actually went over the thousand yard mark last weekend. And it's kind of funny because he was plan B for the Jets. The Jets, of course, tried to trade for Tyreek Hill. And there was you know that offseason competition between the Jets and Miami. And, you know, it could be end up being a situation that kind of worked out for both teams because, as a result, the Jets drafted Garrett Wilson, who's put together a phenomenal rookie season. And you look at him going up against a banged-up secondary, I think that could be something that the Jets uh, could benefit the Jets. Uh, so, now, Kyle, let me turn it to you. What are the matchups that you have your eye on? Well, you you mentioned uh, Skylar Thompson, and I just can't help but admire uh, for the Dolphins. Teddy Bridgewater has played in five games this season. Skylar Thompson has played in six games this season. And it's like every they, they've alternated taking the start and then missing the rest of the game. So if you go through the Dolphins' schedule, Tua starts against the Bengals, Teddy finishes. Teddy starts against the Jets, Skylar finishes. Skylar starts against the Vikings, Teddy finishes the game. Then you have the stretch with Tua, 
And then against the Patriots, Teddy started the game and Skyler finished the game. So the Dolphins have not started somebody not named Tua Tungvaloa and had the same quarterback play the entire 60-minute contest. So I'm sitting here holding my breath. The Dolphins just signed Mike Glennon off the street. And Dolphins fans kind of throw their hands at Mike Glennon. Yeah, guys, it's week 18, and you're looking for an emergency backup quarterback. You're not going to find good options. But I'm just sitting here holding my breath that this offensive line can provide enough protection so that we can have the same backup quarterback play for 60 minutes and at least have the same guy who took all the reps in practice try to execute the entire game plan because it just has not happened. It's been a total disaster. So for the Dolphins, I, I think their offensive line winning up front, winning in the run game, um, you know, they, they, it's been very feast or famine for the Dolphins. They ran for 195 against the Browns, and then they came out of the bind. They ran for 66, 33, and 92, and then they put 180 up, eight up on Buffalo, and they've ran for 82 and 86 the last two weeks. Can you help a young quarterback by winning the point of attack against the Jets' front? If you can do that, I think you can give yourself a chance to win the football game. I think the other matchup that's really prominent to me when the Dolphins have the ball is, of course, the corners uh, for the Jets against these wide receivers for the Dolphins. Uh, you cannot afford to turn the ball over. Uh, the Dolphins are 1-6 in, in games in which they turn the ball over more than once. And... Four turnovers against the Packers last week, two turnovers against the Patriots, including a pick six uh, just this past weekend. You, you've really implemented a lot of self-inflicted wounds that have cost you football games. With a seventh-round pick at quarterback, I'm going to be really leery of throwing at Sauce Gardner and throwing at Reed and just trying to be mindful of don't put yourself in a position where you are going to, no matter how good those wide receivers are, have a self-inflicted wound that could turn around and blow up the game. Now, when the Jets have the ball, uh, I, I would expect them to go after Keon Cross in the corner. Crossin's kind of been pressed into action. Uh, he's a career special teams guy. But with the Dolphins' injuries at corners between Byron Jones and Nick Needham and now Xavier Howard, and it, it's like it's your entire starting corner room is out. And whoever Crossin takes... Teams have been finding him in coverage, and whether it's penalties or not finding the football, it's opportunities for chunk plays down the field. So for me, when the Jets have the ball, I'm looking for Crossan and asking myself who's lined up against him, and that's the matchup that if I'm the Jets, I'm looking to actively go after because I think there's a lot of hay to be made if you you have success and you get after Keon Cross. Well, Kyle, it's you know it should be a very interesting matchup. Uh, you know, I think whenever you, whenever these teams get together, it's usually a pretty compelling game. Yeah, the uh, the AFC East rivalry, uh, no matter the records, there there is entertainment value when the Dolphins play the Jets, and and it's about time for us to make our predictions uh, for what is going to happen in this contest, but not before we tell you about our friends over at Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories that comes along with so many of your favorites, you have to try Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and you know whether your goal is to eat healthier or you want to just eat delicious snacks but you don't want to compromise taste, Bilt Bar is the ticket for you. With Bilt, healthy is actually tasty. Uh, they're so delicious that you won't even think that they're good for you. They are the perfect New Year's resolution for anyone who's trying to eat better. 
Uh, they have delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut, almond, uh, dessert flavors, fruit flavors, anything that you're looking for, I promise you they have it. Uh, so head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can get the four bar, four bar box, or you can go to Sam's Club and get the 13 bar box of some of the, everyone's favorites, including browner, brownie batter and my favorite, uh, which is actually churro. So uh, make sure you check out Bilt's Bilt Bar if you are looking to eat healthier, but not compromise in 2023. John, I will uh, I will defer to you as the road team for the coin toss. Would you like to go first or second with your prediction here as we get will, ready to cross over re- Thursday? I will receive and go first. Uh, <laughs> I want the ball and I'm going to score. Yes. Uh, you know, I look at this game and, you know, up against Skylar Thompson again, you know, another backup quarterback for the Jets. Dolphins banged up secondary. Garrett Wilson going up against it. I look at this and I hate to say this with the Jets because, you know, with the Jets, you can never be too confident. I look at this and I say, this is probably a game the Jets should win. But the problem is I have zero faith in this team right now. And I know the Dolphins have been playing badly, but last week the Jets went out to Seattle and got blown out by a team that was playing worse than them heading into that game. So even though I look at the matchups and I see a lot of things that I like for the Jets, I just can't pick them. I, you know, and a lot of this is going to come down to motivation. I think sometimes we can overstate it because, you know, these guys are always playing hard. You know, you always hear the end of the season, the team that's struggling. Well, say this, say, say this about them. They're still playing hard. Well, what would you expect? These guys still are putting film on their resume for, you know, their next team. So you expect players to play hard. But I think when you get to the last game of the season, sometimes there's a little bit of a tendency to look forward to the offseason season. And you know, I wonder where the motivation will be. I wonder just what the Jets' mindset is heading into this game after being eliminated, playing so poorly. You know, I can't imagine the confidence level is very high. So I know even though the Dolphins are also playing really badly, I, I just have a bad feeling about this one for the Jets. I, I think you know it could be a pretty low-scoring game. I'm going to go Dolphins 17, Jets 13. Yeah, I think that that is the big divider for me. Um is Miami playing for their playoff lives. They've been close. They've had the opportunity. I mean, you, you look at these games, 49ers, they're driving with a chance in, in the fourth quarter to take the lead with about five minutes left. They turned the ball over on downs on a ball that was called a completed catch that was turned over. The Chargers, dumpster fire of a game. Uh, but at the end, you still was one score loss. Buffalo, uh, Buffalo kicked a game-winning field goal to break a tie on the last play of possession. Green Bay, you led. You gave up 16 unanswered points, uh, but you had the ball and a chance to go down and win in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then the Patriots, you ended up losing 23-21 and, and threw a pick six to, to give uh, the Patriots seven points. They've been close. Is this the week? You're at home. You obviously got 40 points hung on you by this Jets team the last time you played them. You know, the Dolphins should not take this team lightly with them being on a five-game losing streak. This is the game for me that Mike McDaniel, go ahead and and show your offensive genius. You know, you got a third-string quarterback. I'm looking at what the San Francisco 49ers are doing with Brock Purdy as a seventh-round pick, and they haven't lost since they played the Dolphins. So um, with the playoffs on the line and that motivating factor, the Jets now another road game. 
I think there's enough here for me to fall in line with you. But like you said, John, my confidence level that the Dolphins are going to show up and actually take care of business is an absolute zero because they have found ways to lose every single game. And I just went through all five games. They were all winnable games, and they found ways to lose them all. So that, for me, is the big mystery. Uh, I will put the homer hat here on to end the season uh, and say that the Dolphins win a 17-16 absolute nail-biter, but um, the confidence points on this one are low uh, that the Dolphins will ultimately take care of business. But, John, it, it was great catching up with you. Uh, look forward to catching up with you again throughout the course of the offseason and uh, appreciate your insight as always. Absolutely, Kyle. And, you know, maybe next year we'll do a game preview where we're feeling a little bit better about these teams than we are right now. <laughs> anyway, to all of you out there, thank you so much for listening or watching. If you're checking the, these shows out on YouTube, I host Locked On Jets. Kyle hosts Locked On Dolphins. These shows are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and our motto is your team every day. We have new episodes each day throughout the week, Monday through Friday. And we're going to continue through the offseason, even though the season's ending for the Jets on Sunday. And it could be ending for the Dolphins on Sunday, although I'm sure Dolphins fans out there are hoping for a playoff game. We'll be with you through the offseason, you know, through free agency, through the draft. So be sure to check it out. Subscribe where podcasts are found. Hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube so that you'll never miss an episode. Please give these shows five-star reviews. Thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And check our shows out tomorrow because Kyle will be back on Locked on Dolphins and I'll be back on Locked on Jets previewing this regular season finale. Until then, take care, everybody.